than ours. We got issues. Uh, we got lots of them. But I tell you what, man, you ain't got them like you do the rest of the world. We just uh, got back. We went to, we flew over to Nassau so we could spend two or three days there just to see what's, and I rented a car. First of all, you got to drive on the wrong side. Anybody, the American way is the right side. We're always right. And if you're not American, you're wrong. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but I mean, Genesis 26, but I mean, uh, you get away from the city. I mean, I'm mean, talking about, they bring these big ships in and, and you get over on the island where all the money's at, and they got all these castle-looking hotels and all that other stuff, and it's just money, 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 money. That's all they're trying to do is get your money. And then you go on the other side, and, and they give you six, eight hours on a cruise liner to get off. I don't know why people do that. I guess they say they get eternal uh, smorgasbords or buffets on a cruise, or cruise liner. But uh, they bring them ships in. They'd all go on this, this one road down the, on the pier side there, and it's just jewelry and perfume and clothes and jewelry and perfume and clothes and let me get your money. And then you go away from that just a couple blocks. And, I mean, you're talking about poverty. As much money as is in that place and that little bitty island, that thing, everybody on that island ought to be living like kings. Uh, but they aren't, man. They're just, they're just sitting on the side of the road trying to sell bottles of water, trying to do whatever they can just to survive. And I come into America and I listen. I was, they say there's 11 million jobs. So if you ain't got a job, you got a problem. All right. They say there's seven million men that don't aren't working right now, uh, and there's 11 million jobs. And they said if everybody would take a job, uh, you could fill all the jobs up probably, and still have some people left over. Uh, but all the jobs would be filled. 11 million jobs. Now they may not be the kind of job you may want. Uh, they may not be brain surgeons or something of that nature. You know, rocket scientists or astronaut or pilot or whatever. You might have to work at McDonald's. Uh, Burger King, you might have to work digging ditches, you might have to do something else like the rest of us had to do uh, to make a few bucks here and there until you can find something different. Uh, but you do pay your way, and you know, the Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. So uh, I think we got the wrong policy anyways. But uh, I started thinking about those 7 million guys, and the reason those 7 million guys, if they're, if they're red-blooded Americans, I, I couldn't go back into the workforce. I'd have to go out selling tin cans on this, picking up tin cans on the side of the road. Mike is saying, put your mic on, Mike. That's from Mike. You didn't flash back there, man. What's your problem? Oh, damn. <laughs> that's right. Does it have to be from back there? Okay, cool. All right, I'm putting it on, man. It's coming on. Testing, one, two, three, testing. But it's a testing. Hang on. We're, oh, there, look at that, man. He did it. He did it. But it's the L-G-B-Q-U-R-P-R-T-K-L, it's the alphabet soup, man. Uh, I mean, to, for me to go into the workforce, and you may not be this way, and it's tough, uh, and I don't want you to, to quit your job because we need, you know, y'all to support the Social Security system so I can get my check. And Mike needs his check, too. And whoever else is getting her check, we need our check. Uh, but in any case, when you sit there and go into that thing, if you say anything and you start talking about Jesus Christ, uh, you start offending people. And so you got to watch what you say, and you got to be very cautious. And the Bible says, be wise as a servant, harmless as a dove. And, and that's what you have to do. And I did that while I was in the Navy, and, and I had great success with it. But you got to be smart about what you're doing. But anymore, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's too, I'm 65. I'm too, it's too late for me. Uh, some of you young guys, uh, it's a, you, you have the ability. Uh, the Bible says over in Acts, David, uh, Peter's talking about David, says he served his generation. And you have to serve this generation. Uh, whether you whether you agree with that or not, it's irrelevant. You have to serve your you have to serve them, 
And that means you have to become a servant. But to become a servant, you got to learn some things. And once you learn them, then you're held accountable to them. And, and the hardest thing you never get somebody to be is a servant and not a Lord. Uh, we always want everybody to give us this stuff. Anyways, Genesis 26. We finished 25, I know. Uh, we probably got into Genesis 26, but then I, I left and came back and left and came back. And uh, I didn't teach Wednesday night or Thursday night because I told him I was still technically on vacation. Uh, I got uh, I was, Wednesday afternoon, I get this thing from Delta saying, you need to check into your flight from Miami to Dayton. Because I had to cancel, I couldn't cancel the flight and to get anything back, so I just had to make new flights. And I lost the flight between Miami back up here. But uh, they, they said, you need, to, uh, you need to check into your flight. And I'm like, wait, where will it be? And I'm still on vacation. Yes. Uh, here's proof, proof right here that I'm still on vacation. Uh, but, it, you know, I didn't teach, and, and I'm sorry about that. But uh, so this is my first day back. Genesis 26. Isaac, Isaac and uh, Abraham is, is moving on down the road, and he's gone, and, and everything's been turned over to Isaac. And Isaac, tonight, uh, if you could be here, be here. We're going to... Uh, Brother Joe, we're going to make him the associate pastor tonight. Uh, and he's asked me, he says, what do you want me to do? I, said, I don't know. Uh, we're just title only, man. It's just a name. It's just like me, I'm the pastor. I'm just the guy who gets blamed for everything. Uh, and I, you, you got to fix everything. You got to be able to fix everything and get, take the blame and do it gracefully. Uh, <laughs> if you can do that, then you're, you could be the pastor. I mean, you could get right in there. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, you grow into it. But you have to want to be, you have to want to serve Jesus Christ. Now, I'll tell you what, I see this from Genesis to Revelation. I, I can't get away from it. To me, any book in my Bible is just as good as the other book in my Bible because every one of the books in my Bible, whether it's Ezekiel or Jeremiah or, or Daniel or, or anything about David or the Psalms, or it, I don't care where you go. It doesn't, Haggai, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Revelation, it doesn't matter where you go. Uh, you're going to see in here, it's talking about somebody who has to make a decision to serve God. Now, if you don't want to serve God, that's your choice. I can't make you. Nobody's going to make you. But if you want to serve God, it's, a, it's a active, uh, it's, it's actually proactive on both sides. I have to be wanting to do that. And then the Lord will show you something. There's, what I like about the Lord is he, there's no guarantee that people say, why didn't God do this? He has foreknowledge of everybody's life. So there is, there, he is not held accountable to, to put everything in front of you if he already knows that you aren't going to do nothing with what he puts in front of you anyways. Isn't it amazing? I mean, you don't, if you don't think that, then, uh, or if you have never even thought about that, you're going to have some issues here in just about a second. Because he knows he could write a book. He could have a book right here, uh, the holy uh, Mike Elliott book. And it could be all about me, just about me. And he could tell you from the day I was born to the day I die exactly what I was going to do. I believe that. I'm not Calvinist at all. If he is omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, and if he says, I know the end from the beginning, then he already knows what's going to happen. And if he already knows what's going to happen, he knew the choices I was going to make in my life, good or bad. He already knew that's free will. He never took that from me. But he put things in front of my path knowing how I was going to react to that. And that I would do that. Pharaoh, he, didn't, he was not held under uh, obligation to put anything in front of Pharaoh to make him do what he was supposed to do. Uh, he already knew. He said, I already know what this guy's going to do. He's not going to do right. He said, hey, he said uh, Moses, I'm telling you, he's not going to do it. And in the end of that thing, the Red Sea parted, and, and he just clapped it back down on him and finished him off. 
And you sit there and say, well, what, what is God? God knows what we're going to do. And I want to serve him. If you want to serve God, that's your choice. That's what you need to start doing. If you don't want to serve God, believe me, if you want to serve him, he's going to put in front of you everything you need to serve him. And he'll put you right where he, we were talking about uh, uh, Larkin, Clarence Larkin. You ought to learn a little history about men and women in your Bible. And, and not in your Bible, but the, the information you got when you go to college or anything else. Or just men and women in general that, that love God. Uh, Larkin was a, a, a draftsman, and he threw all of his tools away. He got saved. The typical Christian, they think they get saved, and all of a sudden, i got to live like a monk. Uh, the Bible, you don't see that anywhere. Boy, I'm sure glad. I'm going to get into Isaac here and just say, I'm sure glad God gave these particular stories. Uh, because it helps me just keep on going. I mean, otherwise I'd quit. But Larkin, Larkin threw all of his draftsman tools away because he thought he was going to be a monk out somewhere, I guess, and, uh, some celibate priest, or I don't know what he thought he was going to be, but he threw everything away. And then he starts reading his Bible, and lo and behold, he starts, because he's a draftsman. So in his mind, he drafts, he makes drawings and pictures and all this other stuff. So as he's reading the Bible, the first thing that comes to his mind is pictures. And so he gets his tools back and starts drawing them out. Next thing you know, you got Dispensational Truths by Clarence Larkin. And we still use that. Men use that. Uh, copyright, in, I think, 1908 or 1918, something like that. And we're still using that in 2022, 104 years later. Uh, people say, well, you know, this is body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. You know where that came from? That came from Larkin. He's got it right on the back of that book. Uh, and, and the eye gate and the ear gate and the nose gate and the mouth gate. And you hear all this other stuff. Well, where do you think Dr. Rubin got it? Clarence Larkin. You know, God, God, just Clarence Larkin, he was a preacher, and he, he, God used him where he wanted to use him. You know what our problem is? Is finding out where God wants to use us. We all aren't going to be a Clarence Larkin. We are not all going to be a J. Frank Norris or a Billy Sunday or this or that or the other. You know what you can be? You can be you and serve Jesus Christ just like you. And find out, I've been doing this for, I could, I sit there all the time and say, Lord, you got the wrong guy for this job. Beth tells me to shut up all the time. And I'm like, but Lord, I said, these people write books and they read books. <laughs> I said, they write and read. I said, I don't do either, Harley. And I said, how? No, I can fix up, but I mean, I don't do what they do. I said, I feel like I'm cheating my church. Lord said, but didn't I tell you to do this? I said, yeah. Did you do it? I said, yeah. He goes, then shut up. If I didn't want you there, don't you think I would? First of all, why would I put everything in front of you to allow you to do this if I didn't think you were just supposed to do it? Have you ever thought that maybe I just want you to do this because everybody else talked themselves out of it and you're like too much of a moron to do that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that, that, no, I got that one, man. I got that one. Genesis, Genesis chapter 26. Abraham passes away and, uh, and it, it says, and, and Jacob and Esau come up and uh, Isaac has that. And, and uh, now you're in 26 and it, it says there's a famine in the land. Uh, these boys are both young, and it says, and the famine in the land, verse chapter 26, Genesis 26, it says, and there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gear. Uh, and I know I may have already went over some of this, but I'll go over it real quick. Uh, and Isaac went, did I go over this? Be honest. No? Good, good. Sarah's honest. She's up here honest. She just wants me to do it again. Uh, that's it, but that's Okay. Uh, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, under Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Now, 
Isaac has taken over from Abraham. Isaac is now the, the lead patriarch. Isaac is listening to God. And guess what? Here comes the Lord. You got to be willing to listen. I just said that a second ago. You got to be willing to listen. You got to be willing to listen and then do what he says do. And guess what? He's made space in there for you to mess up. He already knows, by the way, by the way, you're going to mess up. He already knows that. He knows your frame. I, see, some of these verses are just great. I know your frame that you're but dust. I'm like, praise God, hallelujah. That's one of my favorite verses. He knows I'm a dirt ball, animated dirt ball. And if he knows that, and he knows my beginning, and he knows everything, Psalm 139 is one of my favorite psalms. I mean, it's just, I love that. He says, I know your down cities and your uprisings. I understand your thoughts are far off. He knows what I'm thinking. Man, I hate it when somebody knows what I'm thinking. Because then you got to watch what you're thinking. Then you got to say, I'm sorry, I just thought that. I'm sorry. I'd sit there all day, I'm sorry I thought that. I'm sorry I thought that. I'm sorry I thought that about thinking about that thought that I just thought about. And you sit there and go back and forth on that thing. That's God. Brother, you know you get that anywhere in this book? Anywhere. If you go to this book to find him, you'll find him on every page. If you're going to find him. If you're not going to find him, he's a million miles away. He doesn't have to be nowhere. But he's there. Uh, he tells Abraham, or Isaac, he said, go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn. Now, the word sojourn, I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes. In this land, and I will be with you. So God's already told him where to be just about, and I want you to stay here, sojourn, just kind of hang in there. And will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries. And I will perform uh, the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And, and I mean, he told that to Abraham. Abraham had one son. Now, I mean, well, he had Ishmael too. But, uh, but when he's talking about Isaac, I mean, one son. You're thinking, how in the world are you going to get the stars of heaven? Uh, you start going from us back to there, and you'll see exactly how he did that, man. I mean, it's, it's amazing out of two boys how you end up with that many people. But that's exactly what happens over a period of time. He says, I will give thee all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed uh, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now, he just pulled separation there between Isaac and Ishmael. It is now headed down Ish Isaac's line. It is no longer Ishmael. If you go back to Abraham and he throws that blessing out to Abraham, it could go to either one and, and does go to both. Uh, but if you're going to go now to Isaac, it's shooting down this one line. And it's, there's no doubt about what he's doing here. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Genesis 21, uh, 21 and 2, if you go back there real, real quick. He, gives, he starts talking to Abraham, and you're at the beginning of this thing, the uh, beginning of your walk. And this is your, here, this is your heritage. This is your history. Uh, God pulls out a man and says, hey, I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees. That's Abraham. Genesis 20, 1 and 2. And Abraham journeyed from thence uh, toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and Sojourn and Gear. So Abraham comes down here, and, and he does exactly the same thing. Abraham uh, says that Sarah is his sister, which she is. Uh, Isaac does the same thing, but she's not. She's not even nowhere near kin to Isaac, except for cousins. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, uh, he's lying. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. Aren't you glad men lie and ladies lie and the Lord records it? Uh, see, a lot of times we don't want to get caught in our lies. And you'll find yourself getting caught in your lies. And then you have to lie to lie out of your lie. Uh, the hardest thing, the best thing to do is just tell the truth. 
I, I like telling the truth because that shuts people down, man. I mean, it shuts them down so quick. I had a lady one time come to me and say, I heard something about you. And, and really, it was going to be about me and Beth. But I wanted to get it off Beth. I didn't want her to have to bear the burden of anything that, uh, that happened because I'm the one in the ministry. She's my helpmate, and she shouldn't have to take any of the grief. I'm like, hey, yeah, that's true. You want to hear some more? <laughs> she goes, really? I said, yeah. She goes, well, I didn't know that. She goes, some lady came up and told me. I said, yeah, she's just trying to cause trouble. She goes, yep, I don't care anyways. I'm like, why'd you ask? <laughs> you know, people do weird things. Uh, Abimelech, uh, Abraham is up here, and what I want to say here is Abraham is uh, 175 years old when he died. Abraham was in Gerar right here in uh, 20, about when he's 85, 86 years old. Uh, they got dates in here and how close the dates are. I heard this guy, this, I watch documentaries, and I tell you what, some of them are crazy. He was talking about America, and, and we got to watch what we say because the Indians get offended when you say Indian. Because that came from Vespuso, whoever, man. He called them the Indians. And they still get offended at that stuff. And, and all this other stuff. I'm like, they're savages. They were savages back then, man. They were killing like everybody. And, and, and we're savages, too, coming over killing them. And we bring diseases and everything else. So this thing, nobody. But he's sitting there, and he goes, and you got to watch your terminology. Because if, if you say a, A.D. or B.C., that refers back to the uh, Judeo-Christian uh, Bible. And then you offend people. I'm like, so? Yeah. I don't care. They offend me. Why can't I offend them? Amen. I mean, if, if you can offend me and not get mad, why can't I offend you and you not get mad? Why do I always have to be the guy not getting mad? And I'm like, it just doesn't make no sense. I like getting, I like getting people mad, man. You know what y'all do? Y'all learn as much about this book as you can so when you talk to somebody, you can shut them down quick. And then that, that gets him. Abraham was 175 when he died. Uh, Abraham was in Gerar when he was 85, 86 years old. Sarah would have been about 75 years old. And Abimelech thought, hey, man, she was a good-looking lady then. Uh, if Abimelech was 50, and I just threw this out last time. I didn't remember looking at this. If he was 50 years old at that time, uh, he would be 125 right now when Isaac is there. And Isaac comes in, and Isaac's uh, 75 years old. That would put Rebecca somewhere, I would think, 55, 50, 55 years old. And really, a lady 55 years old, 50, 55 years old, still is a very healthy young lady. I mean, she got plenty. Of, women have got time in life. I mean, even some of the women 70, 80 years old, 90 years old. Uh, guys, we, we wear ourselves out way too early. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy, man. Uh, men, men, men 60, 70 years old are just about shot. Uh, I was saying, God, I was out there chopping wood the other day. Uh, I, I'm, I do about two hours worth of wood every morning so I can get it all done. I got about two more, two more days of splitting. And I mean, these are big old logs, man. I mean, they're big old monster ones. And uh, I get about two hours worth of splitting done. I walk away from it. I was saying, yeah, Lord, I said, man, I'm here. I'm 65. I can still do this. I can still pick up a big old monster log, man, throw it up on the, on the splitter and, and still split that thing. Uh, now, the splitter's splitting. I'm not splitting it. I mean, it's, I ain't going to do that maul and axe thing. That's, that's, that's for the... John Bunyan guys, but I said, uh, but for me, my next door neighbor, <laughs> my next door neighbor's young guy, we're, he's a good guy, I've been trying to get in church, but I go over there and I hear this ding, 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 I'm like, what is he doing over there? So I walk around the edge of the garage and he's got this maul in this piece of wood and it's just kind of barely just stuck in it and he's hitting it with a hammer and it's not going down nowhere. And I look at him and say, hey, you know, I got a splitter right, right over here. If you want to take that log over here, you can put it on the splitter and split it. Oh, no. I said, well, I said, it's up to you, man. I said, you're going to be here like for three days doing that. 
I said, you can go right over here. In about two seconds, you can have that done. So I walked him over there, started up for him. I said, hey, see you later. Bye, man. I'm leaving. Just shut it off when you get done. Turn the switch off, and I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. And I come back, and he has his little log all split up and everything else. Ah, that's stuff, man, I like, I like stuff. But I'm still 65, and I, can, I got a stack of wood next to my house uh, that I split, man. It's about this tall. And, I mean, it's huge. It's, it, it covered this whole area right here. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, that, hey, at 65, I can still do that. You know, there's a lot of people who can't. If you don't take care of yourself when you're young, I would never play sock, hockey down at PBI. Never. I see some of them guys today. They're all like this. And they look, and I walk up and say, hey, how you doing? They go, Ellie, don't you ever get old? What's wrong with you, man? I said, I didn't. I knew that this day was coming, and I was going to look like that. I'm like, you ain't going to do it. Them guys would kill each other. It's just the testosterone in the guys. They'd throw themselves and beat each other up, and two or three guy, hockey players, and we're talking about concrete floor and a round ball and hockey sticks, and, man, they'd, they'd just crush you all over. I stood up on the top, like up here watching them. I'm like, them people are nuts, man. They're nuts. Abraham, Abraham, Abimelech, this could be the same Abimelech. Uh, if, if it was Isaac told, was told by God not to go down to Egypt, he doesn't. He sojourns in Gear. Gear is down a little southwest of, of where Jerusalem is. Uh, but, but he was told to sojourn. Not dwell. Brother, we get ourselves, we are pilgrims. A pilgrim was I in a wandering. That's what we are. You're a pilgrim. Uh, you may not like to be called a pilgrim. You may not even think about being a pilgrim. You're a pilgrim. You're not supposed to get attached to this world. We're not supposed to. I got saved in 1980 on the back porch in Little Kentucky. I got saved out of something into something. And I didn't know exactly what I did in 1980. But now, in 2022, I know exactly what I did. And there's some things I'm to do and some things I'm not to do. And because if I get attached down here too much, then all of a sudden I'm going to start agreeing with everything. And that's like them 7 million I was going to tell you about them guys. They, they get into the workforce, and if they're true-blooded, red-blooded American men, uh, and they come in there, and if you don't like the word homosexual or or LGBTQTRP. I mean, they got it. It's it's bad when the LGB group is mad at the transgender group because now they're putting a bad name on them. I'm like, don't you already have like a bad name, or have we already got to the place where we accept that? But I got Leviticus that says it's wrong. Men with men, you can't get much much plainer than that. And women with women, you can't get much plainer than that. And he says, you kill them. Now, this guy on TV or, or the documentary says, well, you got to watch what you say and you don't want to offend. So in this class, we're teaching, well, I, why would I want to sit in your class? I don't want, I don't want you to teach me nothing. If, but what they've done is they've raised a whole generation of young people that has been brainwashed. And they said, well, you're brainwashing with the Bible. Well, you got to brainwash yourself with something. I said, when I look at both sides of this thing, I mean, your way has nothing at the end. This way has something at the end. Uh, I got something really, really good at the end. You ain't giving me nothing. I said, if I join the Navy, they said one day I could be an admiral. If I work hard and do all this stuff I'm supposed to do, and I did what they told me to do, and I made chief in, in nine years, and all I had to do was sign a piece of paper, and I could have been an ensign, and I'd have went right on down the road, and, and I could have been a lieutenant commander by the time I got out. If I'd have started earlier, I could have probably made, I could have probably made captain. But you sit there and say, what is it? Well, yeah, but that's the worldly thing. And when they asked me to put Jesus away so I, I, could, I could be, I said, you, forget you, man. I'll, you have that. I'll just go this way. 
the Lord's got something for me out there. This world has nothing. You know what, what he told him to do is sojourn. I want you to go there for a little bit and don't settle down. I'm going to show you right where to go. Isaac starts dwelling in the land. He starts dwelling. Uh, verse 5 states that Abraham obeyed. I like this, and I'll be done with this section right here. Verse 5 says, uh, 26, 25 says, Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge. Isn't it amazing how he doesn't say all the bad stuff about Abraham? And kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. Abraham messed up a couple times. I, I've seen that a couple times. I'm like, oh, Lord, I thought he was going to hit me with a lightning bolt. I'm like, oh, God, I look at Moses, and he messed up, and he hit that rock twice. Oh, you told him not to, and he did. He told him to speak to it. How much Has he ever told you exactly what to do, and you do something totally different? I know better than God. No, you don't. You just think you do. And, and Moses has got to come back and die in the tribulation because he didn't pay attention out here the first time. He didn't get to go into promised land because he didn't pay attention. He could have actually went into the promised land and went into uh, and died and come back. He didn't even die the way the Lord took him out of here. Uh, he's going to bring him back in the tribulation. He's got to die again. But, but he didn't get to go into promised land because he didn't do. You know, he doesn't say one thing right. He says, because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Abraham was a good guy as far as the Lord is concerned. He, he loved Abraham because Abraham did what he was going to do. You know what God did is he put in front of Abraham the things Abraham needed. If you tell me that the Lord's never done that to you, then you, I have to question, do you want it? On a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky in 1980, I wanted this. Not a pastor. I wanted 43 years later to be serving Jesus Christ. That's what I wanted. I had enough of the guns in my face. I had enough of the drugs. I had enough of all that stuff. I didn't, 22 years old, I'm like, if this is it, I told him that. Wait till you get to heaven to ask him. Say, Lord, did Mike really say that? Yeah. I'm like, hey, you up there in the sky. If this is it, kill me. I was lost. Well, I'm sure glad he didn't do that. I'm sitting there going, hey, if this is it, 22 years old, if this is it. If this is everything, and I've, I've got to look for this the rest of my life, take me out of here now. This is no fun. And I find this little Bible in my head. He goes, oh, really? You don't like So you're finally tired of that? 22 years old. You said a 22-year-old kid can't get it. Oh, yes, they can. I'm sitting there, yeah, I'm tired of this. I find, what's this book doing in my attic? What is this thing anyways? And I had probably had it upside down when I opened it. I'm sitting there looking at it, man. Y'all got to watch Steve. He's got all these little rainbow-looking things in his Bible. I, I sit there, and it's like, eh. It's like pink and green and blue. And I, I see the Bible out there. I'm like, whose Bible is that? It's Steve's. But I'm just joking. But you sit there, and, and I'm like, Lord. He said, okay, you want the truth? I'll put a Bible in front of you. I just won't put a Bible. I'll put a King James 1611 in front of you. You won't even know it. But that's what I'm going to stick in front of you. And are you going to pick it up? You know what I did? I picked it up. And I started trying to figure out how to read this thing. And he said, hey, you know, you got an uncle 20 miles across town. He's a Southern Baptist, but that's okay. 20 miles across town. He goes, if you got a question, you can go ask him. I, I can't even tell you how many times I jumped my little 68 Mustang shot across town. 20 miles over, 20 miles back. I'd walk up and open my Bible and say, Rolf, what does that mean right there? And he'd tell me, I said, see you later. Bye. I wouldn't even go in his house. You know what the Lord was doing? He goes, hey, here's a kid who... God's not a respecter of any person. He'll do this for anybody. If you want it. If you don't have that little, that little desire inside your heart to find more out about him, he's not going to tell you no more about him. You know what Isaac wanted, even though Isaac messes up? You, and you're going to see Isaac mess up, Abraham mess up, you're going to see Jacob really mess up. 
He calls him Israel. He gives him 12 sons, and he gets to live a miserable life <laughs> uh, because of some stupid things he did. And at the end of that thing, all his boys are still there. And his daughter, Dinah, you don't hear about her, but she's still around somewhere. His whole family is down in Egypt with him. That's where he got him, as in the world. But the Lord set that thing up with Joseph to get him down there. Uh, verse, verse 5 tells you that, 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 uh, that he obeyed his law. The Christian law. Abraham, I got a couple of notes here for myself. Abraham is under grace, not law. Abraham is a Gentile. The first Jew never came into place till the Hebrews come out of Israel and went into, or out of Egypt and went into the promised land and got to Jerusalem. They were called Jews there. They're Hebrews up to that point, but he's a Gentile. That's us. We're, we're that. The law, however, like Abraham, have nothing to do with getting salvation or keeping it. The Christian works, and this is why you do stuff. You work because you're saved. You don't work to get saved. I'm already saved. I got saved 43 years ago. I don't ever have to worry about getting saved again. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Uh, when I get to heaven, though, the Lord's going to say, what'd you do? Uh, I'm going to mention that in morning service, but some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Uh, actually, that's Isaac right here, man. I'm going to mention it here in just a second. Isaac, Isaac got 100 fold. He's, he plants, man. He gets 100 fold here. Uh, God wants us all to get 100 fold. Some of us, you know, we don't even get to 30. I got to ask, if, do you have 30 fold? You ought to, that means you ought to multiply yourself 30 times more than what you have. So right now in my life, I would have a hundredfold. I would have a hundred of me made over. Not made over, but there'd be a hundred of, of people that I at least led a hundred to the Lord or had a, a, a good part of leading a hundred to the Lord. I want, I want to be where God wants me to be, and I want to be able to do what he wants me to do. And when he asks me to do something and I can see it, I'm one of these people that you, you can ask me. I mean, people say, oh, you ought, I hate it when somebody comes up. If you were a Christian, you would do this. I'm like, are you? And they'll go, no. I'm like, well, then shut up. Don't tell me what I should do. I said, I said, the Lord can tell me what to do. I said, here's what you ought to do. Go pray about it and ask the Lord to show me what to do. I tell Beth that all the time. She shuts up and goes away. Because she, she always says that I'm always right most of the time. I think she just does that because she's a good helpmeet. She don't really mean it. But uh, anyways, Abraham, Abraham, Isaac is sitting here, and he's down in Gerar, and he's down there, and he says, and Isaac dwelt, verse 6, Isaac dwelt, that's southwest of Jerusalem. And the men of that place asked him of his wife. And he said, she is my sister. She is not your sister. You liar, she is, she, Laban, she's Laban's daughter. Laban is Rebekah's uh, brother. And I said, so from here down to here, I mean, she may be your cousin, second cousin, whatever, but she is not your sister. You're out, out, out and right lying now. Uh, for he feared uh, to say she is my wife, lest, uh, said he, the men of the place should uh, kill me for Rebecca because she was fair to look upon. He, fear. Fear is one of these things you ought to let go of. I mean, you ought to fight that thing. Uh, the, he never got the, I mean, these guys and the men of the place asked him of his wife. He could have said, that's my wife. And probably nothing would have happened. But he didn't. He lied about it right off the bat. Fear, fear will get you and grip you and make you do some... Man, I'll tell you what, I love these things. Isaac is 75, and I said Rebecca's probably 50, 55 years old at this point. Verse 8. And it came to pass uh, when he had been there a long time. He shouldn't have been there a long time. He was supposed to sojourn, not dwell. That Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out the window and saw... That's, that's, this shows you right here that being in a, a commune... <laughs> 
uh, being in a, in a plat where houses are two or three stories high and you can look out the window is not a good thing. Uh, oh, I got a privacy fence around my yard. Yeah, right. Uh, it's not going to do you very good. It, uh, here's Abimelech looking out the window. David had that same problem. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, of a surety, he sees Isaac. Well, let me finish the rest of this verse. Eight. Then Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. That means he's, he's getting a little closer than what a typical brother and sister would. And Abraham called Isaac and, and said, Behold, of a surety, that she is your wife. Now, he's been there long enough that if, if they were, that was his sister, why didn't somebody try to get her? So his, his initial fear is wrong. Uh, the people weren't after his wife. Uh, otherwise, they would. when Abimelech and, and Abraham was there, he actually took Sarah into his house. And then the Lord came and said, hey, uh, Mr. Abimelech, uh, if, if you do this thing, I'm going to kill you. Abimelech wanted the truth. You know what he did? He said, okay, I'm giving her back. You know I didn't mean to do that. He told me, if that's your guy, why is your guy lying? The Lord said, watch what you say about my guy but you just give him his wife back. And that's what he did. Isaac never had the problem. It never says anywhere that, that on the length of time, he, and he's been there for a while, that anybody's after it. But Abimelech did see him sporting with his wife. Uh, and Abimelech said, you said she was your sister a long time ago. And Isaac said unto him, because I said, least I die for her. <coughs> then Abimelech said, what is this that has done in this? One of the people might have, one of the people might lightly have, have lain with that wife, and that should have brought guiltiness upon us. You know what? He, the guy had character. You know what's wrong with our nation today? We have no character. Here's a guy right here who's a king, and he knows that that, that sin right there is going to bring a reproach on his people. And we got a country and a president and a whole Congress and everybody else that says, oh, it's perfectly all right. You can do whatever you want to do in this world, and we're going to go fight, and we'll use everything we can to make sure you can do Brother, I'm telling you what, you ought to get a Bible and you ought to start looking at this thing and saying, okay, Lord, what would you have me to do, like Paul said, and let the Lord start dealing with you. Uh, let's see, where was I at? Okay, so verse 8, and verse 9, 10, 11. And Abimelech charges people saying, he that toucheth, he remembers Abraham. He knows Isaac's his son. Saying, he that toucheth this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. It's supposed to be a temporary stay. He stayed a whole lot longer than he should have stayed. He should not have been there. Uh, Abimelech does need a response from Isaac like he received from Abraham. He just makes a decree. He doesn't need a response. He just makes flat out and says, hey, don't do this, guys. Nobody in this country, if you do this, you're going to mess with me. Verse 12, Isaac sowed in the land. Now he's starting to get attached to the dirt. And this is where the problem is going to come in in Isaac's life. And he received in the same year an hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Just because the Lord blesses you or you think you're getting blessed, in this case it says the Lord blessed him, doesn't mean you're in the right place. you got to watch it sometimes because all of a sudden now he's going to start bringing things into this man's life that's going to make him move or make him do something different. Uh, and if, if everything keeps going smooth and, and maybe and you're soldiering and you're not dwelling and you're not part of the world and all this other stuff, you might be okay. Uh, but he goes right here, he says, uh, uh, and the Lord... The same year and hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Verse 13, and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. 14, and he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and uh, great stores of servants, and the Philistines envied him. He shouldn't have been there. And now he's getting these people mad at him because he's not one of them, but he's coming in and taking their resources. 
Now, you ever have people envy you? Man, they get mad at you when you outdo them, and you don't even intend to do it. I did that in the Navy, and I never intended to do anything. I just, man, I tell you what, it's like a kid in a candy store. I can't even begin to tell you how much it was like a kid in a candy store. Uh, they let me do whatever I wanted to do. I'm, first of all, they, they have never seen, if God's not a respecter of any person, there isn't a person in this room that can't do great things for God. There's not a person here. And I joined the Navy thinking, you know, I've got one shot, one shot. You know what our problem is, is you got too many opportunities. You know why they said there's 11 million jobs? Because everybody thinks they got all these opportunities. And, oh, I can get all these jobs everywhere. And so they don't do nothing. There's, I've seen so many people, they talk, talk, talk. I like, I like John Trangenstein. Talk, talk, words, 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 words. Everybody's got words. Words, 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 words. You know your words don't mean nothing. Action means, just because you got words don't mean squat. Get, get out and do something with the words you got. If the Lord tells you he's going to bless you, go out and do something with what he's going to do. They're, trying, they're going to try to stop Isaac. And they're going to start shutting the wells down that Isaac has. And that what they're going to do is they're going to force Isaac to start moving until God does them. Sometimes bad things come into your life to get you right where God wants you. And that could be a spiritual move. It doesn't always have to be a physical. I'll come back tonight and nobody will be here. Lord, move me, dude. No, that's, that sometimes spiritually he's going to try to move you somewhere and he'll bring things in your life. And you'll, you'll sit there and say, but, but I want to do. Really? I tell you what, you got a kid. I got a grandbaby, uh, Riley, Elizabeth, and Noah. Noah and Elizabeth has the baby together, uh, and but that's their family. That's their baby. I can't let you know. Noah now has got, and I'll use Noah because he's sitting back there. But he's now got a responsibility that he has to look at. And I'm putting the pressure on him right now in front of everybody. He's got the responsibility of his family. Elizabeth says, "I'm going to quit." You know, the first thing I did, I said, "Does Noah know about this?" I said, because if he's, like, dependent on your salary, does, does he know? Oh, yeah, he knows about it, and he's, he's great with it. I said, okay, hey, man, that's fine with me. I mean, I, I like that. And she wants to stay home with a little baby. Then she wants to go down to Florida and have a birthday party down in Florida, and I have to stay there. I'm like, no. I said, you come back to Dayton, and we'll have the birthday party there. But you know what? When, when you sit there and you, you've got families, and you're all sitting there trying to do everything together, you got to watch, you got to watch getting so tied into this world that these things overwhelm you and you don't hear what God has to say and he can't move you. He'll give you a baby and he'll say, okay, here's a, you, you'll have a baby. You want a baby? There it is. Now this will change your life. Where you used to run around here all the time, now you can't do that no more. You got a family. People say, why do you split wood? Because I don't want to be cold in the winter. I've got two or three options here. I could go out and get another job, make some money so I can get extra fuel and put it in the tank, or I can split free wood and I'll have the wood and save the money on the fuel. I said, but I can do that in the summertime. And so I'm out there just splitting wood. People come up, what are you doing? I'm preparing four months down the road. Otherwise, otherwise you're going to freeze. That's why everybody comes over to the house in the summer, wintertime, because it's like 90 degrees in the, in the, fellow, in the living room fellowship hall. <laughs> it, gets, it gets hot in there. But anyways, Abraham, Abimelech, tells Isaac, uh, verse 16, he goes, go from us. Uh, you need to remember who you are, and, and you're a child of the king. I like Romans, Romans 8.31. Man, I got four minutes. 8.31. It says, for what shall we say of these things? That's Paul. If God be for us, who can be against us? 
But just because God's for you don't mean you're absolutely, in, absolutely 100% in the right place at the right time. You got to sometimes, God will start raising flags in your life all over the place. And, and you start seeing these things. You know what I do? I try to go to some place where it starts calming down. And I'm right where the Lord wants me to be. I came to Dayton. I'm like, how in the world did I, a guy out of Kentucky who joined the Navy and ends up in Chicago, Norfolk, uh, all around the world and down here in Pensacola, end up in Dayton, Ohio? Yeah, amen, bro. That's exactly it. My wife is from here. And she gives me this little... Uh-huh. I know, Mike, that, that, that God's going to call us to the deepest, darkest jungles in Africa where we're going to die. Can, can we go back to Dayton for a little while? That's been like 30 years ago. So, so I can be with my family and I'm, I'm being the nice husband. Yeah, I got to go somewhere. So I said, I mean, I got to go somewhere. I can't stay down PBI because everybody down there is Bible students and everybody's striving for everything. I said, I said, okay, Lord, I need a job. And three jobs popped open. One in Kentucky, where I was from. One in Springfield, right here in Dayton. And another in Columbus. I said, okay. I said, I'll take the one in Springfield. That'll put me down here in Columbus, Dayton. And I, church is here. Everything's here. I got everything I need. And we'll sit here and been here ever since. You say, what is that? Well, the Lord, he's moving you around. I would have never in a million years thought to come to Dayton. Never. I would have not even thought about it. And then, I mean, it would have been the farthest thing from my mind, but you pray on a ship out there somewhere and you want a wife. He goes, I'm going to give you one in Dayton, man. He says, she's going to bring you right back here. And he goes, that's exactly where I want you. And I'm like, okay, but how do you get there? He steps you there. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, my favorite. It's my lifelong verse. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. You know why people don't hear from God? If you sit here and say, well, the Lord's never talked to me like that. You don't want it. That's, it's, it's it, the bottom line. You don't want it. If you wanted it, you'd be seeking it. If you're seeking it, you're going to find it. And guess what? Along the way, he might say, I'm going to shut this well down right here, and you ain't going to get no water. And if you stay here, everybody's going to die. All your cattle, all your sheep, everything's going to die. You know what he does? He moves over here, and he digs another well, and, and they stop that one up too. And you're going to get down through here in a few minutes, and you find out he dug another well. And he goes over here. And after a while, he digs the final well, and nobody fights over that one. You know why? He's right where he's supposed to be now. The Lord moved him. You know, you don't hear Isaac complaining to anybody but Abimelech. <laughs> Abimelech comes to him and talks to him in a little while, and I'll get into that later. But, man, it's 49. I got one. Thank you. Since I waited, I should have a couple extra seconds. <laughs> Isaac attempts to find the place. He is to live, but the circumstances just seems to be against him. Everywhere he goes. Uh, the Lord starts moving him up. And, and let me read these verses. Uh, verse 17, it says, And Isaac departed thence and pitched in the, his tent in the valley of Gear and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, uh, which they dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called the names of uh, them after the names which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found their water, uh, there a well of springing water. And the herdsmen of Gear uh, did strive with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water is ours. Well, hey, I just dug the well. It wasn't yours until, you know, but I guess 50 feet underground is yours too. And he called the name of it Esek. Well, Esek, uh, I've got that here, means striving, striving or strife. Uh, and because they strove for, the, strove for it. He digged another well, and they strove for that one also, and he called it Sitna. That means hated. They hate him. 
Uh, and he removed, verse 22, from thence and digged another well. And for uh, that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. Uh, for he said, for now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And I'll stop there, but... Brother, I'm telling you what, when you get through this book, what you'll find out all down through there is the Lord wants to guide and direct your steps. If I can't figure that thing out, then I need to trust somebody who can do the figuring. You know what I've learned in 43 years is to back up and say, okay, Lord, it's yours. I have found me making a lot of decisions sometimes that are, is wrong. <clears throat> it's just wrong. I mean, you have to change your mind. Initially, you may think one thing. But then all the Lord, he shows you something, and you're like, oh, whoa, 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 I didn't see all that. He goes, yeah, I know, but now you see it. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to react just like you want me to react. I'm going to do exactly what you said to do. Uh, and he'll show you that thing, and he'll show you some stuff to keep you out of trouble. Uh, it isn't that you're not ever going to get in trouble. What he's going to do is try to limit your exposure to a thing called sin. Sin is one of the worst things. that I mean, it'll destroy your relationship with God. It'll destroy your fellowship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, sin will eat you up. Now, the Lord will forgive you for all your sin, and he'll work that thing out, and he'll get you back on a path. But sometimes, I remember I heard an old preacher one time, I've I seen the illustration before where uh, every time a little boy went out and missed a man, I tell you what, poor little Alex, man. He must have some of my blood in him or something, man, because he is a poor little kid, man. He's just, but they said there's a post out in the front of dad. Every time a kid did something wrong, he'd drive a nail on the post. And one day the little boy finally got it in his mind. He goes, oh, wait a minute. Every time I do something wrong, there's a lot of nails in that post. Uh, and his dad said, yeah, and every time you do something good, I'll take one out. So the kids started doing something good. Eventually he took all the nails out. But there's still holes all in that post. And the kid said, Dad, what about the, he goes, the nails may be gone, but the holes are still there. The memory's still there. Sin, some of that stuff never goes away. And what you got to do is just, just refrain from it. You're going to get in that when you get to Jacob. Jacob didn't do all that stuff, and I mean, at the end of his life, Pharaoh asked him, and he says, few, and, and I forget exactly how he worded it, evil are the days of my pilgrimage. He knew he's a pilgrim. Some of us don't know that. Some of us think that this world, brother, this thing could end in five seconds. You could hear the trumpet, and we're out of here. I mean, Lord could come back, and whatever, I mean, and the clouds open up, and poof, out we go. And everything you've ever worked for, ever thought you were going to work for, ever have, is gone in a nanosecond. And I'm sitting there going, okay, Lord, but you may live another hundred years. I, I'm not going to say that. I don't think that. But, uh, Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for a Bible full, Lord, just full.